Well, Figgy Buck Showalter looks closer to a guy getting a pink slip any second now with the way he managed his way out of a loss on Sunday in Philadelphia. The Mets lose two out of three to the Phillies. And if I say rock bottom again, you could punch me in the face, but this team continues to go rock bottom like they're in an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, the good thing is you have a very punchable face. But listen, this team is finding new ways to lose ball games every single day, and they don't uh, have a problem with disappointing us. One of the things that has to change, the bullpen needs to get more bodies, able bodies. Another thing is the starters have to give them length, and I'm tired of seeing them cutting off on both ends, giving guys rest when they don't need rest, and taking out these starters a little too early. But so far, the only positive I could say is at least they scored some runs. Drop a bobblehead throw, a robo-knit doll, and a lot of other things are happening. Hopefully my blood pressure makes it through this episode. You're going to want to tune into this one of Amazing But True from the New York Post. It's coming up next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Queens, yo. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Welcome back to whatever the hell the name of this show is. Amazing But True is really summing up. Don't the show. We did nothing wrong. Amazing But True. The story of the Mets. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa here. Andrew Hartz and Nick Guzman with us on a Monday, June 26th of whatever the hell this year is. A year that ends in a number that ends with the Mets sucking. How many more times am I going to yell? about this stupid franchise, different owner, different GM, manager, 101 wins. It was all farce. This team stinks. On Sunday, a 6-3 lead going to eighth inning. Everything was going too smoothly for us to be happy. You knew there was darkness coming, like how he rose his decapitated bobblehead. You knew that something was going to go awry. And Buck, stupid showalter, decided, let's win tomorrow and not today. Let's win for Wakanda Forever Starling Marte Bobblehead Day on Monday, where tickets are going for less than a 20 feet chicken nugget. He said, I'm not going to use David Robertson up three runs. I'm going to put Josh Walker in. Josh Walker loads the bases. Okay, here it is. Bases loaded, nobody out. Biggie, I'm not going to use David Robertson. Oh, no. Why would you? Why why would you use your only reliable believer? He's the only guy you can trust. That's right. I'm in a cursing mode because my blood pressure when that game ended. I was ready to jump off the roof. Darren Ruff? Darren Ruff, put him in the game. Jeff Brigham hits him. He hits him. Hits him. You would thought Chris Brown was on the mound. I mean, my goodness. 
He sucks it up. Brett Beatty, who I'm not even going to get mad at for the error, because he at least he took accountability after the game. God forbid your manager does that. He puts in Brigham, hit batter, a walk, this and that. I don't even know. And then chicken parm Vinny Natoli gets the job done. Buck Showalter has been known for this. Everyone's tweeting it out about Zach Britton, how this happened with the Orioles, and he would save Britton for the next day. And he said after the game, I wanted him for the ninth of the save situation. Well, you can't get to a save situation if there's nothing to save except for our dignity. And the Mets lose two out of three to the Phillies. They are seven games under 500. They are 86 games out of first place. They're eight and a half out of a wild card spot. And this season is more toast than a trip to the Waffle House at 2 a.m. in Myrtle Beach. Toast. That's the only thing I could cook in high school was toast. And that's what the Mets are. And you know what? I've defended Buck long enough. This is the first time. It's the first show. I will say this. And then I'll hand it off to you, Mr. Figueroa. It's time to fire Buck Showalter. Wow. Wow. Huh. Fire. Fire him. Okay. I I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm understanding more and more what, what makes you tick um, and what ticks you off. However, end of which, yeah, it's a dual-edged sword, right? You have to learn to trust other people. I get it. This is a win-now mode where they have to win this game. It's a game you're leading by three runs going into the eighth. It's not working out for the young left-hander Walker. He's all over the place. Bases are loaded. Get him out of there immediately. And I get that the situation wasn't perfect. But remember what happens with closers. You're either using them for safe situations or as stoppers in the biggest moment of the game. There was no bigger moment than bases loaded, nobody out. No bigger moment. So you bring in your stopper, Jeff Brigham. Oh, that's right. Remember what I said about Jeff Brigham? Do you remember what I said about Jeff Brigham? Probably about a month ago. Man, he's doing great, but he hasn't been in any kind of pressure situation. No high leverage situations. Nothing where he's had to hold the lead. And every time he tries to hold the lead, what do you get? Today was an absolute fiasco because the Phillies rally to win the game, walk, single, walk, grounder that should have been a double play, recorded no outs, of course, because it wasn't even good enough to get a force out. And Buck well, challenged it because he thought he might have had a chance to win. Oh, it's so the first time he's challenged something. And meanwhile, there's been about 18 things that we said were challengeable, and he hasn't tried that. So anyway, you got no outs. Then we have walk, strikeout, hit batter, hit batter. If you had that for baseball bingo at the ball game today, congratulations. You should win a gajillion dollars because there's no way in hell you should have the tide turned without them actually hitting a ball other than a weak single. And all of that happened in one inning and your closer is not involved whatsoever. Like you said, you, there's got to be something to save, right? You can't just sit back and wait. Fact is that he threw 13 pitches and went one and two thirds. Well, you know what? Extreme times call extreme measures. And I think if you asked Robertson to go out there and get you six outs, he would said no problem. And then if you couldn't use him for the next two games, then you figure that out and use Adovino because Adovino needed a day off after only pitching one day and throwing over 20 pitches. Told you this before. It's unraveling very quickly. The roster construction was never – the bullpen was never addressed. You got Brooks Raley, you had Adovino, and you had Robertson. 
once Diaz went down, and there should be no excuse because the ninth inning has been locked down pretty much for Robertson. So I will not say it, it would have been a different story if you had Diaz here. It wouldn't have been because you're seeing guys being used too much, too often, and now in high leverage situations that they're not accustomed to being in the game. And you take another game where the Mets offense actually does something. They actually looked coherent. They actually looked like they had a plan up there against one of the better pitchers in baseball. And I get that Zach Wheeler has lost his last four, four starts before this, but you know how good Zach Wheeler is. And yet they, every at bat was taking its toll on Zach Wheeler and they found ways and the door hits a home run. Here we are. Everything's going great. Reliever comes in and Pete Alonzo welcomes him with a home run. Couldn't get much better. Could it? And what we saw was something that preparation beforehand is knowing what you have available. I get it. Rayleigh's out, Adovino out. So that means your starter can't throw 78 pitches. I don't care what he's doing. If he gave up five runs and 78 pitches, he still has to wear another inning. We need one more inning out of you. Go out there and see what you can do for one more inning. Maybe it's the best inning he has. Maybe he gets you into the sixth. 78 pitches. Talk about all the money you want in the world. I'm sick about hearing about the money. You turned Carlos Carrasco, who was one of the American League's top 15 starters over the last decade, and you turned him into Jason Vargas. 78 pitches, no more. Can't do it. Don't, don't want his tummy to hurt tomorrow. And that's not fair. That's not fair. The veteran guys are the ones you're supposed to rely on. The veteran guys are the ones that want to step up and try and turn this around. And you're giving these lame-ass excuses of, this guy has to be rested. This guy needs a day. This guy, look at Max Scherzer yesterday, practically wanting the fist fight to stay one more inning. And was it worth it? You're damn right it was to the whole team because that's how the tone is set by those veteran guys. But the fact that these veteran guys have to fight, have to fight to do what they want to do to turn this thing around is disgusting. It's disgusting. There's no reason Carrasco couldn't have gone out for another inning. And if he's struggling, then you bring in the reliever. So that happened long before we saw the debacle in the eighth. It was almost as soon as I saw that he wasn't coming out for the fifth, writing was on the wall. Writing was on the wall because what do we said? If you have a bullpen that is excellent in doing what they need to do, a Tampa Bay type bullpen, lockdown, shutdown, inning after inning, no problem. Throw five guys a night. I don't care. You don't have that. You have minor leaguers, unproven and guys who are getting an opportunity to make a name for themselves and the guys that do have a name you're coddling them where they want to just keep pitching they want to help this team win i get you're trying to play it out for the long run there is no long run there is no long run so if you're not going to play it out for trying to make the playoffs then start selling pieces away start getting things back because right now they have zero value amongst base around baseball what are you going to get for all these the land of misfit toys right here. And it's not what anybody signed up for. Somebody's going to have to pay for this. The Mets are so bad. Nelson Figueroa is losing his mind, folks. Oh, no, I'm sane. I'm sane. Oh, you're insane like me. Oh, no, I'm sane. Listen, I'm lucid. I, I, I'm getting this. I, I understand perfectly. I, I see the writing on the wall. And it's, it's a scary thing because this is – go look at Billy Epler's record in Anaheim. Go look at how much money was spent while Billy Epler was the GM in Anaheim. Go look at their records. Go find me pitchers that were developed under Billy Epler. Find me. Anybody. Find me one. Carlos Carrasco in that spot 
you can argue third time through the order is not that good. But like you said, when you're two of your three best relievers are unavailable, he's got to give you five innings, like two runs. And then the team has got coddled so much that after the game, he's talking about, I thought I was good out there. No, four innings is not good. Giving up two runs is fine, but going four innings is not good yeah, you when you're throwing the ball to minor leaguers. It's four, it's four innings. That's what they let him pitch. They didn't give him a chance to keep going. So he was good while he was out there. Two innings, and he goes six innings and two, it's a three ERA. I take that guy every day. But that's not what you're getting out of these guys. And when you finally have an opportunity, 78 pitches, man, and you can't let him push himself to that. I don't care. There's no way you're crunching numbers so fast that you're sitting there going third time through the lineup. Now, depending on which hitters are coming up, is it third time through the lineup against these three hitters or against the hitters that are lefty, righty, righty, lefty? There's so many ways, so many matriculations of these numbers that you can do. Your head is going to spin until next week. So instead of doing that, it's called a gut check. Last time I checked, this is how you did it. You checked for the number two. Reach down and see if you got a pair and then keep going. I didn't see that coming. And he said, Cookies, Jason Vargas, Tim Healy, better hide your face. You get punched in the face again. Cookies, too nice of a guy to do that. This team is in shambles right now. And then Buck Showalter after the game, intern Nick, let's hear what Buck had to say because this made me also explode. As many things after a game he says make me explode, this one made me explode. Listen up. Would you, if you had a chance to redo that eighth inning, would you do anything different or was that? Like, how? What else could we do? It was kind of where we were. I was hoping we were trying to, just like last night, we are trying to stretch every out we can with every everybody we got. And they're capable of doing the job. They just didn't do it today. I ripped the head off this robo. I want to break the head. I'd make it like headless Howie. I'm a, what else can you do? You could have brought in your clothes. You save them for tomorrow. $5 tickets. Get your bobblehead and go out the door. Put in the book. Put in the books. You put Robertson in there. That's what you do. What do you mean? You didn't know what else you could do. I hate to be like Frank and call him a senile old man. You were talking about bingo. He might be at your local bingo hall next week. He might find me there because I do love bingo. I was actually, I said, hey, Siri, where's the closest bingo last night when I was out? He might be there. And listen, I get it. And people are tweeting me this. They say, it's on the play. What about the players? Listen, Jeff Brigham's got to be better. Of course, Brett Beatty's got to make that play. All of that goes without saying. But what goes with saying is one, Buck's got to be better there. And two, like we said week after week, Billy and Epler has been inept at his job. The depth in this bullpen, when you're going to triple-A guy after triple-A guy after triple-A guy after triple-A guy, you're not going to be the Phillies lineup that is a whole lot better than you. And no matter how many runs you left on base, it feels like however many runs they don't score, the bullpen or the pitching staff will make up for it and give up those runs back. So it never feels like you're scoring enough runs. I feel like if they score 12, they would have lost 13-12. That's how this season is going. That's how this month of June is going. And the season is slipping away from them so fast that firing Buck Showalter may make zero difference. This team may continue to lose. They may continue to suck. But I'm starting to think the 101 win Mets last year were were fake, and it was a one year wonder. It was it was like the Baja men and and who let the dogs out. It was like Gloria Gaynor and I will survive. The New York Mets aren't making the playoffs. There needs to be a shakeup that wakes this team up. Maybe they could turn it around. But trading Eduardo Escobar in the middle of a game, by the way, 
when you could have done it 21 hours of the freaking day and you chose the middle of the game. Oh, hey, Francisco Lindor, I don't know if you heard. Um, Your best friend and the funniest guy and locker room hero just got traded. Your thoughts. How is the team going to have morale after that? If you traded Daniel Vogelback, I guarantee the Mets would have won 23-3 to like the Angels did. That, that they would have said, oh, great teammate. You know, he ate the buffet before. We ran out of food, but it's okay. We love him. Good luck in Los Angeles. But you traded the heart and soul of the team, which I'm fine with trading him, but not in the middle of the game. You also traded him for two minor league starters, and you need bullpen help now. Can they give you four innings? Can they go 40, 78 pitches? And one of them, how many games has this kid pitched? For this season, and he's been out for a while with an injury, but not Tommy John. You basically bought damaged goods, and you got – Two minor league starters who are in double A. That's supposed to help you now? What are we trying to do here? They're the trying to open up a roster spot for Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick, our Lord and Savior. Mendick. Mendick. Lord and Savior. Mendick. Happy Pride Month. I don't know if you could put those two together, the Lord and Savior part. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that 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 is, uh, again, while we're, we're sitting here, sending out SOSs and messages in a bottle for relievers. He goes out to get you two double A starters. And I get it. They're prospects. They're on a list somewhere. There are a lot of people I play with that are on lists. They didn't amount to bupkis. You need guys now that can get you out at the major league level because running Brigham back out there every other day is the law of diminishing returns. You're not getting back what you invested in. And it's starting to show. And now, honestly, I thought there were seven, five starters and seven guys in the bullpen at least, right? I swear there's only been three guys that, that pitch every day. I think I have the philosophy why the Mets got called up Danny Mendick. Because they're going to trade for Dick Lovelady and then have Danny Mendick, Dick Lovelady on the same roster. I think that's what they're going to do this month. They're sellers. I mean, I don't know how you can argue that this team will trade pieces and prospects. You know, anyone who the, the stupid MLB, here are eight, eight players for Shohei Otani. The Mets aren't trading for Shohei Otani. They're not trading for Babe Ruth. They're not trading for the corpse of Ted Williams. They're not trading for anyone good. They're trading for prospects who are injured and trying to you know restore a depleted farm system that Billy Epler chose to create. Alicia Hernandez ain't coming up to save this team. Steven Ridings ain't coming up to save this team. Jose Quintana's one every five-day start isn't saving the team. Separating Verlander and Scherzer to two days apart sure ain't saving the team. Buck Showalter's got to manage for today and not tomorrow. Unfortunately, all he knows is tomorrow. He must be a big fan of the song and show tunes, and so am I, but not in baseball. Tomorrow, tomorrow, the Mets will lose tomorrow. We're only a day away. You remember that one, Figgy? Uh, yeah, I loved um, Annie Mockingbird. Was it from Annie? Yes, it's, it's Annie. Annie right? Yeah, classic, classic show. Get it all here on Amazing But True. Amazing But True, Jake Brown, Nelson Figaro. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. At Figgy and Y, at Amazing But True. Nick Guzman, Andrew Hart are with us. As uh, I am sweating my titties off here from screaming so much. Have you been drinking? Oh, I'm dead sober. <laughs> I'm drunk in Mets. I could have been at the summer club. I could have been at the club in the pool pumping my fist. Instead, I'm watching Jeff Brigham hit everyone like he's a UFC fighter. No excuse there. Let's play Nick 
Brett Beatty. Because listen, Brett Beatty, it's inexcusable. You have to make that play. You couldn't put Eduardo Escobar in and he was traded. Now you want Danny Mendick as a late game replacement? Maybe Ronnie Mauricio will be here in the year 2027. Maybe he'll be here soon. You didn't call him up. You want to trade a guy and bring up prospects. No, you bring up Danny Mendick. No offense, Danny Mendick. I think I've hit the tally of how many times I say his last name. Way more times than I thought he was going to be on our podcast today. Nick, let's play the audio of what Brett Beatty had to say after the game. Uh, I just couldn't get out of couldn't get out of my glove. Um, there's really no excuse that play needs to be made ten times out of ten, and that cost us a game, cost us a series, um, and cost us a lot of momentum that we had coming in from yesterday. So um, it was it was bad. Bucks got to show accountability like that. He know he messed up. He said I cost him the game. And that's partially true. There were a lot of other pieces involved, like your manager and, and, and poor pitching. And honestly, if we're going to go with guys who aren't that reliable, why overuse Brigham? I'd rather put Natoli in that spot, even. Like, I know he doesn't have the experience, but, like, at least he's a fresh arm. The guy has one inning in the majors under his belt. I'd almost rather him than an overworked Jeff Brigham. I mean, either way. It's a loss, and Robertson should have been in there. And like you said earlier, I mean, Adovino really not available because he threw too many pitches yesterday. The guy's been in the league forever. He's not available back-to-back. And you can argue, like we said last show, he's not good on the second day of back-to-back. Still, I would rather Adovino than Brigham there. Who knows? Maybe Adovino throws three pitches, gets three outs. That's the risk that you take. That's what You try to give a guy, say, hey, can you give us – 12 pitches. That's I it. think he would have threw strikes. Like, I don't think no, he's going to hit a guy. Absolutely. absolutely. And a couple got away from Brigham there. But like you said, he has not, not battle tested. That is a battle tested scenario. Bases full. And Josh Walker starting the inning. He just got here. He doesn't even know where Amore Pizza is yet. He's never been to the Lemon Ice King. He's never seen them play Bocce in Corona. He's from New Haven. He knows, he knows that pizza. He doesn't know New York. No offense, Josh Walker. I got a couple of buddies that went to school with him and know him. Seems like he's a nice guy, and he's got a six-pack, and he's jacked. Good for him. Being jacked at a six-pack is not good for the eighth inning of a must-win game. They had this series, and you win this series. Then you got Milwaukee coming in, another team ahead of you in the wild card. You got the back-to-back bobbleheads. Maybe there's some juice in the building. Now there's not even apple juice in the building. They need jungle juice because you got to get hammered to watch this product. One of the first drinks I ever had, actually, college, jungle juice. Felt, tastes like Gatorade. It was a beautiful thing. First time I ever drank. First day of college. Got convinced to go to a frat party. Went. Honestly, I'm previewing what the next couple of months are going to be about because we might just have to do live stories because this team is dead in the water. And every time they win a game, I don't even, I didn't get excited they won yesterday because you felt like they would lose today. And this was that moment, those three outs, get through the ninth, okay, win a series. This could be a positive show. Instead, I'm trying to break an unbreakable robo-knit doll that can't be broken. I'm not going to rip my shirt like Frank. You don't want to see these titties today. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, listen, Friday was awful. What did you think of that, by the way, Friday? Am I right that there is something to trading a clubhouse favor in the middle of the game? Kind of bringing down team around, like they look. It, it absolutely, it absolutely is a a head scratcher because you could have waited till after or done it well before. You don't do it normally during. In the third inning, you don't do it during because what's going to change? He's not making it to Anaheim for the game, so what's going to change by waiting? 
I, I, I can't understand that. Listen, I've been sent up, down and traded and released in a multitude of ways. I even I'll tell you a quick one. We were in Houston the night before I pitched five and a third of one run relief, won the subway sub of the game. I uh, was with the Brewers in Houston. The next day I had to sit in the stands in my suit on getaway day because they designated me for assignment and I was supposed to go to the minors but they didn't get me a flight. So I was going to fly back with the team after the game, but I couldn't be in the clubhouse or on the dugout because I wasn't a member of the team anymore. So in my suit to get on the plane, I had to sit and watch the ball game when I was the subway sub of the game the night before. So yes, I have seen some weird things happen, but that's usually with some, you know, bargain basement kind of organizations, not with a $350 million payroll and things should be done a lot differently. There's no way that that should have happened. It makes zero sense. Were you the six inch or the twelve inch subway sub? Wouldn't you like to know? Uh, Danny Mendick wants to know. That's that's it. Oh god, this show's gonna go off the rails. <laughs> well, the Brewers come to town this week. In case you want to watch a minor league team play at City Field, you go out to New York Mets, play the Hebrew Hammer and Christian Yelich. The Brewers forty and thirty seven against thirty five and forty two. Listen. We're obviously really negative here. You got to start winning now. I mean, time's up. There's no more. All right, now. What show, what show haven't we said that on? I, I know. Well, I'm trying what to. Show? I'm trying to have like one percent of positivity. I'm trying to be in the one percent here of positivity. And the fact is, this was a big stretch, and it started with this because you were going up a wild card team, division team, right in front of you. Phillies fail two out of three. Could have had two out of three. Three out of four against the Brewers in front of you in the wild card. Then the Giants come to City Field for three. The, the San Francisco Giants right now are the third wild card. That's three games you win right there if you sweep, which the only thing the Mets are sweeping is is the beer cans that are on the floor in the Delta Club after I throw them on the floor. And I won't do that. Good people in there. I won't do that. But there's literally garbage on the floor. Hot dog wrappers are the only thing that's getting swept at City Field, not baseball team. If a team's getting swept there, it's the New York Metropolitan. But again, you look at the schedule. There's three games. Say you magically sweep. That's a three-game pickup in the standings. Then you play the Diamondbacks, Figgy, coming up in Arizona for three. The Diamondbacks are the division leader right now. But again, you beat up on them. Maybe they become a wild card. You gain some ground on them. After that. And this is right up to the all-star break, the final three in San Diego, a trip that I was really hoping to make, but now you have to pay me to go there, even though San Diego, great city, uh, the Padres in front of you in the standings, two games ahead. So this was a stretch after that again, Figgy, after the all-star break, one, two, three against the Dodgers, another team in front of you, the second. Everybody's in front of them. What are you doing? I'm just saying this stretch. There's is... only one team behind them, and you're sitting here trying to do the math. I'm the screamer, not you. What is wrong with you? I'm the just ADP saying. is beyond. No, no, no. I'm saying this. This stretch up to the wall, it's all teams in front of you. I'm not saying you're not playing the White Sox. You're not playing American League team. Obviously, everyone's in front of you. But all I'm saying is this stretch was so critical because you could have gained ground. This Two to three week window. It could things yeah. have to change, and whether they are starting to hey jump jump everybody else, start being a seller now. I don't know. There's something. F- fire to- Buck. Do you fire Buck Showalter on Monday? I don't know if I can. I honestly don't know if I can. I, I I get what he said about every bullet. We used every bullet that we had. You didn't. You didn't. You kept one of your best pitchers, your best reliever. You kept loaded in the chamber and never pulled the trigger on it. So I can't agree with him on that. I get what is he working with? 
what is he working with? What, have, what is he being given to work with, right? So that's where the problem lies. If you don't have these pitchers available and you don't have the necessarily relievers that can get the job done, then what can you do? doesn't matter. The, 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 all the different things, you have to get creative then. And so by being creative, go outside of what the freaking index card says about third time through the lineup. Cookie Carrasco, give me 110 pitches. Max Scherzer, 107 pitches the day before because you need the length. You need these guys to go deeper into the game so that the bullpen is not being counted on the way that it has been. So they, they've got to get creative. And then I'm, I'm tired of blaming it on the, the offense. The offense is terrible. The offense is scoring runs. They've been scoring runs for a, a while now. And so they, you can win these games. These are winnable games, and you're throwing them away. It's too much, too many, and it's really the time that they have to start doing it isn't now. It's already been a, a few weeks back, but this is do or die. If you don't go into the all-star break on a winning streak, and we're talking about decent winning streak. It doesn't have to be 12 in a row like Cincinnati, but it has to be a winning streak that something that is sustainable and something that you can build on for the second half. It's frustrating for the players and everybody, yeah, but, uh, you know, we got, uh, you know, we had some, we shot every bullet we had just about, and uh, we were hoping to get Robbie there with a, he pitched two, almost two innings yesterday, auto pitched equivalent of two yesterday. I mean, you know, he just, it's very easily to, so we had, uh, you know, we scored some runs and we had the chance to open some things up. We didn't, but uh, you know, the hit by pitches and things, you know, Brig has had some good outings for us and it was, it was tough for him today. But, you know, we made a couple errors that cost us and, uh, you know, we can't come in there and walk those two left-handed hitters either. <sighs> yeah, I mean, listen, if, if this is the route you're going to go, the fact Ronnie Mauricio is not here, the fact Vientos isn't getting a chance is mind-blowing. It's just how much longer are you are you waiting till July 31st, August 1st? Are you waiting to the last possible second? And you're worried that like we keep saying Mauricio's, you know, trade bait. You don't want him to be bad in the majors. And then he, at this point, you cannot think about trading if, one of those. What prospects. if Mauricio comes up and the same thing like Ellie De La Cruz? Just that's what I'm thinking. Why not? It just goes out there and just tears it up. And you just you've got to find a way to keep him out of the lineup. What if? Do you want to have the rest of the season go, what if we would have done that? What if you Buck does because tomorrow's all he cares about? You need to have no stone unturned at this point. And so that means you've got to cut the dead weight and you've got to start putting guys out there. And maybe it is for the best. Give these young kids a chance to play and and you know move pieces around. Bring the, the veteran guys off the bench because they're experienced in doing that, but let these young kids play. Let them play. Let them figure this out. The bullpen, though, there's no young kid that's going to help them. They don't have the weapons in the bullpen. They, they, they just It was limited from the beginning. It's limited now, and there's no help in sight. And please, oh, God, please, Edwin Diaz, don't rush yourself back to come back to this. The only good thing is I'm going to try and cut some dead weight as well and try to – I'm going to hit the gym tomorrow. I've said that for, like, the last two months. I, Slim I'm gym. I'm going to take a video to make sure and send it to Hearts that I did go to the gym. <laughs> Accountability. It's about accountability, Jake. Although I could get a video and then just come right back upstairs and not do anything. But I'm gonna go to the gym. You see how you've already worked that out in your head? It's beautiful. Like how, can, how can I make it look like I'm at the gym but not actually do anything at the gym? I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna get a massage. Enjoy the day. Uh, I just have a lot of knots in my back and stress and pain from this <laughs> dial organization. We were hoodwinked, bamboozled, and led astray. Job ja Rule might be doing a post-game concert in a month here.
Well, Monday you get your Wakanda Forever Star of the Marte bobblehead. Tuesday you get your Mr. Meta's Indiana Jones bobblehead in case you want that. I know Hearts is going for that. Indiana Jones fans. Happy early birthday to Hearts. His birthday is Saturday, July 1st. You're present. The Mets and Yankees suck. And I hate Yankee fans complaining. I'm like, at least you're over 500 and in the playoffs. We are incompetent. Stop, stop saying that, too. It's, Hal Steinbrenner said the same thing the other day. If the, if the season ended today, the season's not ending today. So stop. They're not the season in the today, they're in the playoffs. Are the Mets? They're not in the playoffs yet. There's a lot that can happen beforehand. And have you seen this offense without a little guy named Aaron Judge? So stop it. Okay? Don't sit there and pout and say, oh. The but they fans. can't complain. They can't complain. can't complain. I did. I already went on record Stop with that. Complaining. You have nothing to complain about. At least you're not us. <laughs> you're not us. You're not us. Why not us? <laughs> oh, well, hopefully we'll have the pod father with the Todd father at some point on the show. Oh, that's Todd coming. Frazier. That's He's coming. coming. Uh, we'll hopefully have Donovan Mitchell full interview at some point. We got to get Beltron on. Beltron might not want to talk right now. He might be in the witness protected program working for this franchise right now. And listen, fire Epler. I get it. GMs don't get fired. Nick pulled up uh, the recent GMs figure that got fired. Avila was fired by the Tigers last year in the last decade. These are the guys. Dave Dombrowski in 2019 during the season. Terry Ryan in 2016. Uh, the Twins had the worst record in the AL at the time. And then not a GM, but the president, John Daniels, in 20 uh, last year for the Texas Rangers, who, God, do I look dumb. Texas Rangers without Jacob DeGrom, one of the best teams in baseball. And I said, Jacob DeGrom's going to fault into irrelevancy, and they're a playoff team, and we're in the f-ing circus. What a thought even wrangling Barnum and Queens in heaven in Arlington. Yep, yep, yep. Who would have thunk it? Uh, listen, there's a lot of that in baseball. There's fourth-place teams from last year are all either leading their division or right in the wild card, first or second in the wild card. So the fourth-place teams last year have all turned baseball upside down somehow, and it wasn't with money. It was uh, by getting younger, by getting more athletic. And the game has changed in a way that we thought we see it benefiting the Mets in a lot of ways, right? We saw the with the – no shift, but Jeff McNeil would bat at least 600, 700 if he could bat 330 with uh, the shift. Um, and he's been uh, uh, lackluster performances after lackluster performances. Pitch clock still, you know, it's more and more irrelevant when you see what's happening besides the pitch clock that you don't even worry about the pitch clock anymore. Is it bad for our, you know, two elder statesmen uh, of the starters? And I think that it's no longer should that even be thrown out there as an excuse. You're splitting those two guys apart because the idea was that if they're both going seven, then you're saving the bullpen and you know, two straight games. And that hasn't been the case. Um, not even close. So uh, they, they haven't gotten any length or consistency out of any of their starters. And I don't know why baseball has changed in this way, that it's impossible for someone to throw a hundred pitches without needing, you know, two weeks off or uh, IL stint, but the, the, the new baseball has definitely made this thing fashionable that four and a third is a quality start somehow. And it's really, really not. Forget a hundred pitches, 13 pitches, two straight days is going to be too much for Dave Robertson. We're, we're going to rest him. 
We're going to use them for the next. Well, we don't use them for five days because there's not a safe situation. Remember that. So That too. Yeah. That we pitched twice done. in what? Ten days? Ten days. Twice in ten days. So once every five days is good. Because what a life. Imagine working once every five days. Yeah, I mean, and imagine being Lord. asked to shut the door when you haven't thrown in, you know, you've thrown only twice in ten days and it's been probably 20 something pitches. So how sharp could you possibly be? He even got up to warm up in the ninth. Why was he warming up in the ninth? They were teasing us. They were teasing us. Here's, here's what sums it up. We said about Buck. We picked it up on Buck. Here's who came out of the Mets bullpen today. None of them on the opening day roster. Leon, Hartwig, who dominated. Walker, Brigham, Natoli. Everyone that came out of the bullpen was not on this opening day roster. That's a problem. A lot of guys, no major leaguers, guys who weren't here when this season started. That is concerning, and it needs to be fixed. It's not going to be an overnight fix, and we're probably going to have to have it in the offseason. But... It's interesting, and Casey Stern brought this up, a conversation he had with Theo Epstein when he joined me on Thursday, um, was that when he talked to Theo Epstein beginning of the offseason, Ficky, he was worried about pitchers 7 through 10. He was worried about those late-end guys, and that's a GM who's won a championship and broke curses in multiple different cities. Not a guy that looks like Billy Epler. And those are the depth pieces you got to worry about early that the Mets didn't address properly, and now you're seeing minor leaguers come into the game. And, you know, as whatever Buck does, you're still getting poor performances from guys that probably shouldn't even be here in the first place. Yeah, that that that's uh, the, the biggest takeaway from today is uh, I get it. You heard five names that weren't on the opening day roster. And that's, oh, wow, the GM has brought these guys up. But these guys, if you look at what they were doing down in the minor leagues, it wasn't worthy of being called up. They're just bodies. They're just bodies who can throw. These aren't guys that you're saying are like your high leverage guys. These are guys that are back end bullpen guys down in the minors. These are guys that you're hoping can eat some innings because your starters who are getting paid the majority of the money and the the, the expectation is that they're going to be able to eat most of the innings. It's flipped upside down. You're playing upside down where you're having to worry about 12 outs from your relievers. That's not how baseball's supposed to be played. That's not – I don't know – where that works and when it works and for a team like Tampa Bay, it works for them because they were like interchangeable pieces, right? They kept bringing up, Hey, we got a sixth inning guy. All these guys throw the same. We'll just keep rotating them every month. So they're fresh when they come back up because they work their butts off for a month and they churn them out. You can't do that anymore. Cause the second time that you send a guy down, he now be, has a chance to become a free agent. So they've changed that in the CBA to try and hurt Tampa Bay. Hasn't slowed them down a bit. The biggest thing is you need guys that are, battle-tested because this is the equivalent of being able to long drive and not be able to putt, right? doesn't matter how long you hit the ball. If you can't put the ball in the hole, and that's what a closer does, they got to finish it off. If you can't putt, doesn't matter. So this is what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of fanfare, a lot of big names, a lot of big money, and they're not able to finish off games because it's not a Diaz thing. It's not a Robertson thing. It's the rest of the bullpen thing that you just are not getting that value out of them. You're not getting that production out of them. Luckily, I can putt. And Mets fans, it's going to be a lot of putt-putt pass in the next couple of months. Snoop, Snoop Dogg style. Oh, good God. I'm going to go to the bobbleheads. I'm going to go here and there, maybe, you know, bring some different people to games. But I went to 67 games last year. I probably won't get to 45 this year. I don't know what I'm at now. But the way they're playing, there's no reason you should put money into this team and be going to these games. And, you know, you get your $5 ticket. I'll go Monday, get my bobblehead, maybe Tuesday, depending on weather. But, you know, staying for the whole game, watching this, paying for food. If you're paying for drinks, God bless you. We'll close this episode of Amazing But True next.
Oh, the whole, oh my God. But like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? All right, Figgy, episode 157 is in the books of Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz. Welcome back, Hartz. And to the intern, Nick Guzman, for helping produce the show. Subscribe to Amazing But True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post sports YouTube page and watch all the episodes. This is a doozy. You've got to watch this one. Find that Amazing But True playlist. Give us a thumbs up below on YouTube and comment below. How are you feeling right now about this team? How about the Mets? Follow us at Twitter at Amazing But True, at FiggyNY, and at Jake Brown Radio. The Mets are going down a yellow submarine this season, Figgy. Not pretty. Not pretty. Um, happy uh, belated Father's Day to you. Thank you. It was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I don't remember if I ever said it. No, of course not. Happy almost Father's Day to you, Jake, several times over. The only father I'm making is chicken parm heroes. I haven't had chicken parm in a while, actually. It's been probably a few weeks. I think cheese has been bothering my stomach more, so... And trying to stay away from cheese. All right, that's enough. Fellas. I'm so mad that Hearts' video isn't on, so I can see the eye roll right now. He's probably just half a bottle deep into a Hennessy or something. <laughs> He's got Jack Daniels by his side trying to get him through this absurd episode of Amazing But True. I'll be back Thursday or Friday. I, I don't know. I mean, they play Thursday night. We'll see. Maybe we'll just pre-record a guest and drop that on Thursday to avoid talking about the series. But hey, maybe they sweep and maybe the tides turn. Shut up, Jake. Okay. That uh, that wraps up this episode. Amazing, but true. Should we even close it like we always do? Or should we say F the Mets instead? What do we do? Hey, you got to believe, kid. You got to believe. Three, two, one. Let's, Let's go, go Mets. Mets. Suck it. Where tickets are going for less than a 20-piece chicken nugget.